1: Hello and welcome to Malden 02148. I'm your guest host this evening, Ed Lucy, and my guest and our guest is the fire chief here in Malden, Bill Sullivan. Bill, thank you very much for coming by.
2: Thanks for having me, Ed.
1: Thanks for having me. Uh, years ago, um, there was a, a city sister, a city sister relationship made with Malden, England, but they spelled it M-A-L-D-O-N, as I recall, and that was. Uh, For those older residents may remember, that would have been, I think, when Walter Kelleher was the mayor. Well, recently I found out there's also a mall in Washington. It
2: it certainly
1: is. And uh, we have with us today, and one of the things that's happened is this constant news uh, releases and updates on the fires that are occurring on the West Coast. Invariably, they refer to it as California, and they talk about California and all the acres that's burned. Well, apparently... And the reality is that's not just where the fires are. They're all up and down the coast. It includes Oregon and Washington. And uh, Chief here recently got involved with the uh, uh, Malvin-Washington situation, and I'm going to let him tell a little bit about what the background is, that effort that's underway now. Chief?
2: Yeah, so what what happened, as you can imagine, as, as, uh, as firefighters, uh, we, we follow significant incidents around the country. And back in early September, you know, as we followed the uh, tremendous uh, fire situation that's occurring out on the West Coast, uh, I was speaking with Deputy Chief uh, Len, Leonard Dunn um, in early September, shortly after a, a news broadcast which featured a story uh, on a fire that devastated uh, the small town of Malden, Washington. So as both Deputy Chief Dunn and myself started to look into uh, the town of Malden, Washington and and the significance of what had occurred out there, um, a couple of things were brought to our attention. Number one, the connection between Malden, Washington and Malden, Massachusetts. As the story goes, uh, Malden, Washington was settled somewhere around 1909 uh, by a group of uh, railroad workers who were bringing the rail through that area of Washington State, and as it turns out, Apparently a number of those men were from Malden, Massachusetts, so when they settled the town uh, they named it after Malden, Massachusetts. Uh, In addition to that, unfortunately, we also learned of the devastation uh, inflicted upon Malden, Washington by these wildfires to the tune of 80% of the buildings in that town being lost uh, to the fire. So both Deputy Dunn and myself uh, began an effort to to do a little research on Malden, Washington, and try to reach out to them uh, out there to see if there was any way that we could be of any assistance. I was fortunate enough uh, to visit a website for a news agency out in that area and um, came upon the name Linda Pritchett, who, as it turns out, is a secretary of the Rosalia Washington Lions Club, but a Malden, Washington resident. So I, I reached out to her, and now her telephone number was there. She was she was uh, kind enough to answer the phone the morning that I called. Very surprised to hear from somebody from Malvern, Massachusetts, but interestingly enough, uh, knew the history of the naming of the town that, that as we just spoke about. Uh, so during that conversation, we, we talked quickly. She's obviously a busy person at this point in time about how we could be of help to them. You know, whether it was clothes or food or uh, money, or, you know, how, how how could we here in Malden, Massachusetts be helpful to them in Malden, Washington, with all they were facing? And um, within a few seconds, it didn't take long, she said one of the one of the needs that the residents faced uh, was gas cards. The fact of the matter was that the shelters that they were being taken to, uh, to get them out of harm's way and out of the the path of the fire, were in Spokane, Washington, which apparently is about 30 to 40 miles away. So they were expending a lot of gasoline, traveling back and forth between checking on their property and the shelters that they were being brought to. So with that, uh, I reached out uh, first to the mayor's office. Uh, I spoke with Mayor Christensen, uh, let him and his staff know what was going on in in the uh, avenue we were going to pursue to try to be helpful. Uh, Of course, he and his staff uh, jumped right in, um, very interested in helping and assisting in the effort, and they they have uh, since the beginning. Uh, In addition to that, with that Lions Club connection, uh, I reached out to the Lions Club of Malden um, and and, and met uh, Peter Santangelo, the current president, and as you know... King Lion. King Lion, (laughs) forgive me. And as you know, this past Thursday, I I was um, fortunate enough to be invited uh, to the monthly meeting and spoke there, uh, and, and again, the Lions Club, along with so many others, have been very supportive thus far.
1: In fact, uh, you mentioned at that meeting last Thursday, uh, even in this short time, you've done quite well in terms of collecting gift cards?
2: We have. Uh, the, the response by the, the people of Malden, certainly uh, organizations throughout the city, ha- has exceeded all the expectations. And I, to be honest, I don't know what those ex- expectations were, um, but certainly uh, Malden, Massachusetts has answered the call. Uh, I hope by the end of this week, to um, mail out to Linda Pritchett in the Lions Club of um, Rosalia, Washington, um, to the benefit of the Malden, Washington residents, over $4,000 um, in gift cards that have been dropped off at Fire Headquarters here in Malden.
1: Gee, that's wonderful, because I think as, as of last Thursday, it was about 2000 so it's been that's, bumped it, up that much since then. It
2: has. It, it's been a steady stream, a yeah. uh, steady stream of residents. People coming in, you know, just uh, with the simple desire to help in any way they can. And that the response has been magnificent.
1: Yeah. Uh, is it all gift cards they're bringing or are some of them just bringing checks or bringing cash? Or?
2: No, for the most part, I mean, we received a couple of checks. But for the most part, it has been the gift cards. It has been the gift uh, Yeah. Um, you know, when you consider the times that we're in, for people that take time out of their day, visit a store, buy a gift card, you know, and then bring that into the fire station, drop it off. Um, You know, they're they're going out of their way, certainly, you know, monetarily, certainly, but also the time it takes to do that. And again, you know, uh, under the the situation of this pandemic uh, that we face, it's uh, my hat's off to the residents of Malden. uh, Um,
1: Now, have some organizations also come forward and support?
2: Without question. uh, And I'd like to mention, acknowledge uh, some of them today, if I may. Please do. Uh, you know, again, first and foremost, the citizens of Malden. I just can't say enough about the individuals that have come by the fire station with such generous donations. Uh, but as well, the First Church of Malden uh, made a tremendous donation to the people of Malden, Washington. Uh, I have to applaud the efforts of Fire Commissioner Emery Haskell. Uh, has been a great resource through this. The Malden City Councils that have made donations. Uh, the Malden Housing Authority. Uh, both the director and, the, and the, uh, the the personnel that work there, Cataldo Ambulance Service, the Malden Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Malden Firefighters Union, uh, both unions and the police, the patrolmen and the superior officers, uh, the Malden Monthly Readers Book Club uh, was in with a donation. Uh, certainly, yourself Ed and MATV and the ability to come on here, you know, uh, and the in um, the Lions Club, you know, the the, the fact that. Uh, we made the connection between our Lions Club and theirs. You know, you know that you're dealing with reputable, reputable people whose mission is charitable. You know, to help those in need. So it's 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 really it's it's turned out very well. Yeah, and it continues.
1: Yeah, w- one thing: if anybody listening or is aware of either their own situation where they might be interested in making a donation, or they know someone who possibly is considering it and hasn't done it yet. On those gift cards, I understand it from, uh, that if you're a AAA member, and you, um, and I didn't confirm this, but I've been told that a AAA member or a person buying AAA credit cards or gas cards, um, there is no fee. The full amount is just the $25 or whatever that might be on in the gift card.
2: Like yourself, I just learned that uh, this past Thursday at the Lions Club meeting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, um, this has been kind of a low, a low-profile kind of thing. We've been aware of it, the, the fire department. But again, of course, directly or indirectly through the effort of the fire department, a lot has happened in such a short time. When you think about it, the, the significant number of ch- uh, of uh, dollars that have been involved in the form of gift cards would go a long way to uh, helping those people who obviously are in need. And there's still time to make a contribution. The Lions Club of Malden is part of that effort, as uh, the chief indicated. And also, uh, the class of 1977, I don't know if you were with that or not. I wasn't yet, no. Uh, some member, and I don't know the name, so I can't pass that on, uh, is put, put together an effort for the class of 77 uh, uh, to be able to purchase 77 gift cards to forward. I, I don't know where the results are as yet, but it so happens, my daughter is a member of that class, and she bought two two gas cards. And she, uh, Mary Beth Leon, whom uh, people may know anyway, she's part of the group of people in that class that are uh, making the effort to uh, uh, add to add to the total that you have. Uh, I dropped Mar- Maria Louise, by the way. This may is person is also a member of that class oh very good okay and uh once a golden
2: it, tornado always a golden tornado
1: yeah yeah that was a very active class but i don't know where, the, where they are at that this point but they're they're part of the group of on their own through an effort of one of their class graduates to uh also assist and help out and um i have here a couple of gift cards that i'm going to pass on to you chief well, to send you. out and um, oh here they are
3: thank you
2: very much
1: these were donated by uh, someone w- uh, not as well known as you, but a, a more resident Henry Ferrick who was a retired firefighter
2: no Henry Hen- very well H-
1: Henry stopped by my house the other day and uh, dropped those off to be added to the to the amount that you currently have no well, we
2: think we thank the retired lieutenant certainly yeah
1: right right, and uh, again it's a reflection I think, as you indicated earlier the all the the type of people that are out there with a giving nature, and there's a lot of them here in Malden. And no uh, the very fact that uh, in such a short time so much has been done, that's uh, the kind of thing that makes Malden what it is today. And, I uh, would so certainly agree. Yeah. Now, w- 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 just one more time, um, what's your target date to mail out the g- gift cards?
2: I hope to send them Friday afternoon. No okay, that's this week. Afternoon. Correct. Okay.
1: And if anybody is interested in making a purchase of a gift card and, and donating, they can stop at the fire station?
2: Central Fire Station across from Alden High School.
1: Okay. And that's, uh, of course, on Salem Street for those people who uh, uh, aren't totally familiar with all of the sites for this fire
2: department. Um, and if I could, I also have the uh, P.O. box for the Rosalia Lion Club. Oh, okay. if you'd like me to make people aware of that.
1: If you do that, spell the name of the tower.
2: Yes. <laughs> Rosalia, Washington, spelled R O S A L I A, Lions Club. Uh, donations can be mailed to their post office box number 364 in Rosalia, Washington. And the zip code out there is 99170.
1: And we'll repeat that maybe one more time sure. The Rosalia
2: to say- Lions Club, Rosalia is spelled. R O S A L I A, that's the Lions Club at P O Box three six four, Rosalia, Washington nine nine one seven zero.
1: Thank you. Now, uh, if I may, this is a little uh, separate from this uh, charitable effort here by the by the Malta fire department and other groups. Um, are there some things that maybe uh, people that here in the community might be? able to be more helpful to what's going on with the situation with the with the, uh, the virus? Because obviously, um, I would assume that uh, the, the response of the fire department now is maybe even more active than it, it was before with, with medical aid calls. And sometimes, people always aren't sure to what degree they, they, you can get involved. Because have you had situations with the department that, unfortunately, that maybe members of the department might have picked up a virus? So
2: we've had situations. Um, since the beginning of the uh, the pandemic uh, where we've had to quarantine members uh, for potential exposures uh, we've been very lucky it, it you know it, it started off uh, quite serious when you know our organization the fire department just like all other aspects of society were just unfamiliar or taken by not unfamiliar but taken by surprise you know um i i have to i'd be remiss if i didn't uh, mention uh, cambridge health alliance Very early on in the pandemic, I was contacted by the Cambridge Health Alliance, uh, and they offered testing and to oversee and answer any questions the fire department had with respect to incidents our members were involved in. So it's been very reassuring to have them on board uh, with us, uh, and and I'm sure them all, the community as a whole. Um, So as of today, um, you know, all hands are doing very well. We, We don't have anybody that's been infected as of today um so yeah no we're we 're in good shape
1: uh, do you find most people are uh, prepared for you to when you would make have to make a house call uh an emergency situation and it, and they 're not they 're not leaving themselves exposed to
2: it? it varies i think the important thing for us is that we 're prepared you know the, the as far as the mask wearing the hand washing the sanitizing of equipment that we use you know everybody 's a little bit more cautious today um so you know it it, it varies. But again, so far, so good. Right. Well. Okay. And
1: uh, again, well, thank you for stopping by, Chief. I appreciate it, and and congratulations for the success so far. of What you've been able to accomplish, and it's again uh, an indication not only of the support that you have given, but the uh, the organizations you mentioned and the individuals who, are on their own, have stopped by the fire department and. They have till Friday noontime to noon time to make any contributions they want. That would be ideal for right. sure. Yeah. And for those that, that can't make it by Friday, the the Malden Lions Club is also a source. And and the class of <laughs> seventy seven, <laughs> which which maybe with Maria Louise in the mayor's office, that might be close to the top as you're going to get. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah, yeah, I would
2: agree. Yeah,
1: thanks very much, Chief. I thank, appreciate thank it. You, yeah, thank so thank lots you. of luck. Thank you. Yeah, uh, very quickly as, uh, speaking of the city, the. Uh, the city's in the process of, of changing over the system they have currently of, um, of rubbish collection, and the focus is really twofold. One is to minimize what has to go to the, the landfill, which of course, the less that goes, the the less the cost to the citizens and the city is in terms of the bu- budget Im- impact of the the rubbish that goes there. Because sometimes people accidentally mix in what should be going into recycling into the rubbish. And the second thing, the new system that's in the process of being in place uh, is uh, going to be of help to a lot of people, but there's a lot to learn about it, and there'll be more, I'm sure, coming from the city, and that's where you're going to have a single stream system, which is similar to some other communities where you you join together the recycle items in the one large container, and the rubbish gets rid of um, separately, and hopefully... That will allow for the city to uh, get by with less landfills disposal, which is savings in the budget and indirectly help with the taxes that you pay to support the local community. And I think we have now a member of the Lions coming in. Want to come forward, Peter? We're back on, on t- opening, and I have, uh, as you see here, uh, the chief has gone on to do his usual efforts with the fire department. We have Peter Sant'Angelo, the King Lion of the and Lions Club. Peter, thank you for stopping by. Well, thank you for having me. And um, maybe the, in the, the time that you're sitting there, um, could t- maybe tell the people a little bit about the Lions Club and some of the things we do other than what's been going on now at Marlin, Oregon, or Marlin, Washington.
3: Well, maybe I could tell you why I'm a lion. Uh, Over 30 years ago, uh, the Lions, the Malden Lions was the first service club to give the veterans uh, money for the Vietnam and Korean War Memorial. Interesting. uh, uh, John Webster went to you and asked the Lions for money, and they gave us the money. And... uh, about 10 years ago, when I retired, I was asked to be a lion, and I became one. And i have become the king lion by mistake, but that's all right. I'm working on my impeachment. Uh, but to, to be more specific about what, why I'm here today, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a fire in Malden, Washington, uh, and I now know that Walden, Washington is named after Walden, Massachusetts. And the town was burnt to the ground. 80% of the structures were burnt. And the Lions have taken it upon themselves to, along with the fire and police, to raise money for the people of Malden, Washington, and for the people of Malden. I think we're a service club that cares about the community. Uh, we're currently filling bags at the uh, YMCA for the food bank. That's on. Our, we do it on Saturday. We do it on Saturday, and uh, Flora is is uh, does interpretation almost all week for the Chinese uh, residents of Malden. Uh, so it's a good service project that we have, and and. I'm proud to be a lion and to be a part of that. Right. And
1: uh when you joined I think I sponsored you. <laughs> you did. <laughs> so I don't, know if, you you're, you're should, just, I don't know if you should I don't want to take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually I think that one of the things is probably we're not as well known as some of the other service clubs because that's basically what it is, a lion's club. And yeah. uh, but we're the largest international service club. Going into I don't know fifty seven different countries I think or that, thereabouts.
3: That's true. I you know you you could give a better history than myself. Yeah. Uh, but you know it, it's uh, not. Uh, I don't think we're lions for for taking credit. It is we're lions to try to do something to help the community. I mean here we're, uh, the goal is to raise some money to give to the to the uh, to the victims of of a Calamity or a great tragedy. I mean, uh, t- to go home one night not to have a house because it burnt down is.
1: Uh. And unfortunately, there have been fatalities. In fact, there's been at least one firefighter who uh,
3: on the west w- coast, yes,
1: has passed on by the by the cause of death from directly from the fire, and. Uh, Again, as I said earlier, I didn't realize with so much of the focus has been on California that it's it's far far more reaching than that. In fact, I think it's even spread beyond those three states that uh, are, are part of the West Coast.
3: Well, if you look at Malden, Washington, on a map, it's right on the Maldon, on the Washington Idaho border. Oh, it's it on, is. It's on the. Uh, extreme. East, extreme extreme east end of, yeah, of Washington yeah. State, okay. and uh, Idaho goes up to Canada. That narrow portion of it, so right. it's right yeah. on that border. And and you know, th- th- maybe the Lions aren't the most uh, uh, visible club in Malden, but we we're we here also, and and uh, I think. Th- th- you know, people want to help other people, I think, and that's a good thing to do. Uh, the chief and I have become pretty good phone mates, uh, and that uh, we're trying to raise money so that, that we can give uh, gift cards or do something for the people uh, of of Malden, Washington, and for Malden, Massachusetts. One
1: of the things I've found, and you, to allude to your, one of your more recent comments, is that uh, one of the fundraising sources we do have and have done for some number of years is that uh, we do canning, yep. um, and oftentimes the site that we utilize is a stop and shop. And uh, we have an apron and canisters, and uh, we're very passive in terms of the our approach. It's up to the people to oftentimes initiate some kind of a effort to donate. Um, we're not as aggressive, perhaps, as we others are, but we're more interested in doing two things, getting getting some money raised to help out a cause that we're involved in. But in a lot of instances, um, when the people stop and look at the canister, and then they look at the apron, and sometimes they see the lion's name, and sometimes they don't. Uh, but the most often comment that I get the eye, you, well, I have eyeglasses, <laughs> and we do. Um, as one of our major, this is literally nationwide efforts, is to uh, collect eyeglasses, then are recycled outside the world, outside this country to, to 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 societies that have a limited uh, ability to pay for them, and uh, along That's with the glasses, they teams like some of our one of our members. Dr. Debbie Wayne, who's in uh, has an office in Maplewood, uh, uh, has made trips in the past out of the country, of the country to do the do the eyeglasses and also do the eye test and the glaucoma and that sort of thing. And we also have a a mobile unit does the same thing on a local level. So there were things like that, but they're done in a broad brush basis, more specifically than individual recognition.
3: I, I uh, stand with a can in front of Stop and Shop and tell I'm collecting money to help Vision in my right ear, and I still can't see out of my left ear but <laughs> and and uh that's my perverse sense of humor
1: okay, we'll go with that and and uh, I think we have another lion's member here going to come forward yes uh uh flora Yu is going to speak if she' if she'd come forward, we can get her involved and she's uh she's the one we really want to talk to because she's got the money
3: yes can i. Leave.
1: While we're waiting, I, I make a, if we if we're still on live, I'm going to uh, k- touch on a couple of subjects. One of which is just a rehash of uh, 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 my last show I did was about the election, and there was a couple of things that, because we did it so soon after the polls had closed, and, and it, I hadn't really, and it was the day after without having all the information. I, I just wanted to update the people of Malden on the election. One of the offices that was contested was governor's council which the current incumbent is Terry Kennedy, uh, who lives in Linfield now, but formerly was a resident, long-term resident, as his family was in Everett. And he was reelected, and the margin was about 55% close to that. So he won by about 15,000 votes, I think, or 11,000 votes uh, in in, in the district. And it was, you know, several communities, including... uh, Essex County as well as Middlesex County and uh, he lives in the 1 precinct i think in Linfield was part of the district but he was successful uh the other the other office which uh, we, I alluded to was a uh, Paul Donato had a uh, competition in his race and I, my my uh, my observation was that was it kind of a an interesting thing because I, I thought the other candidate who happened to be a malden resident was not very active visibly in the kinds of things that used to get done in in, in seeking uh, a political office, you'd be campaigning door to door and dropping leaflets and having standouts and that sort of thing. C- and and she did very well. She 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 won the uh, the majority of the votes here in Malden, which is four precincts of the total, but Paul carries Metford and won by about 1,100 votes. But the point I was trying to make is I thought she did extremely well, and she did, considering she wasn't campaigning in the forms that it used to be common, and I alluded to that uh having a limited budget. Well, I found out after I made all those announcements that she had spent about $75,000. So she had raised a lot of money, as it turned out. But campaigning has changed in recent years, and so therefore the way she approached it was the way that you do it today versus the old walking walking and walking and talking. Um, The computers plays a bigger part than it did. So even though she did extremely well... um, it wasn't necessarily based on uh, things that I wasn't aware of. One of which obviously was that I didn't know that her budget turned out to be that significant, and that gave her an opportunity to do the kinds of things you can do with the computer and with voters' lists and other ways that uh, went so apparent years ago. And now say hello. and
0: Hello, everybody. Hey. Uh, my name is Forayu. You, um, um, I'm the Part of the modern lion. I'm one of them. I joined modern lion two years ago. Originating, I I came from Chinatown Lion Club, and I, I transferred to modern lion, and I learned a lot in this club.
1: Well, that's, and more important than that is, you're the money lady. You're the treasurer.
0: Yeah, I'm the money lady, but I'm sure I'm. Our line club is whenever we f- do the fundraising, we'll spend each single time back to whoever needs it.
1: Well, Peter didn't mention it, and nor I have up to now, nor have you, Flora, but I'm going to touch on it now. Like most organizations, you have uh, a lot of different reasons, some turnover of members from year to year, and it's important not only to maintain the membership you currently have, but also if possible to add to your... Uh, your strength and uh, sometimes it's as much as to be replacing those people that maybe relocate move away or have, have changes in their life that prevents them from maintaining a membership with the Lions and sometimes we have people that transfer in from other Lions clubs and conversely we have people that move away and still maintain Lions membership but they don't do it in all them so mm-hmm. for anybody out there that's looking for an organization to maybe help with the Lions, as a as a matter of pr- practice, meets twice a month, the first and third Thursday of the month, and uh, we we have as a rule meet we would meet. Uh, this is prior to the virus issue. We're doing some uh, some meetings now uh, on
3: uh, Zoom, Zoom yeah.
1: but uh, just as a if it were a normal situation, we would we know would meet ten months of the year. We don't meet in July and August. The membership fee and the application fee is very modest, and uh, the meals are paid for if you're able to attend the meeting. And so, therefore, those people that have a schedule that prevents them from coming all the time, they're not being charged in their initial membership uh, fee, including the assumption that they're going to be there every meeting. So, it, it it works on a on a flexibility basis for people that are involved. And we do we do some things that. Uh, uh, sometimes we don't look to get recognition. We just do
0: them. Yeah, and as like uh, recently um, for a pandemic, uh, in, in YMCA they do have a food pantry. Our Lion Club we do have a few people to helping to volunteer every Saturday. And particularly myself, and I'm doing the tran- trans- translator interpreter because there's a lot of Asians and they have a hard time to communicate with the people over there to distribute food. And then for the re-register, they change the system. Then uh, everybody needs to re-register. I was there for a few days and I do the interpretation and then make everything go more smoothly. And then you we know, we are you know, as a lion. We will do a lot of different community community service. And if anybody interesting, please join us.
1: Yes, and and um, she doesn't mention it, but I think you're there every Saturday. I go about I go once a month. Peter, I think, has been there more frequent than I have. But I, I think I've seen you there every Saturday that I've been there. Yeah. And, you, and uh, I assume you do it. I understand you're there other Saturdays as well. So.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Thursday and, uh, Ch- uh, Tuesday and Thursday because there's a lot, a lot of people over there. And uh, like uh, recently, they have re-registered. There's a lot of work to do. But, you know, my project's done. I think they're happy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And the, the, one of the other uh, things the Lion has done uh, uh, on a regular basis over the years is, is a, an eye mobile where they'll have a a, a unit that is set up to examine, to test people's eyes, check... Check to the for the e- coma, e- do the do the hearing and the and the the blood pressure and uh, all again volunteer and and oftentimes in collaboration with a hospital or a medical mm. staffing there professionally that can evaluate the results of the tests there, and, um, and in Flora's case now, um, what are some of the local organizations that we donate to? You you have to write the checks.
0: Um. We, we were doing like a scholarship and a high school scholarship. And we do uh, donating to like a special need education. And, 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 and also there's a lot of different communities like uh, whoever need eyeglass, they are really poor, they cannot really afford the eyeglass. They will come to us. And Debbie Wing, um, she is, she's an eye doctor. She has been doing a lot of helping people in more than two. Right. And
1: evident, I think. Yeah. yeah, and that's another thing I didn't think of, of mentioning a couple before. The Lions will get uh, sometimes contacted by the local school system, yeah. uh, and uh, indicating that a particular student of special needs, be with eye limitations, or uh, that may be able to uh, attend the schools and keep current, but they need some c- computerized system of getting them information to them, and the Lions. Either provides the computer system they need, or in some instances, of course, the glasses. And um, Dr. Dr. Wayne in Maple Square's office is primarily the person that would deal with that, and she does that as as a professional courtesy at a modest mm-hmm. cost, if any, to, to the people that have uh, somebody in need. Uh, and one of the organizations I know over the years uh, is the neighborhood basketball. We've supported them. Mm-hmm. And that scholarship that Flora alluded to, that includes not only Malden High, but also uh, to charter school and in the past other schools as well. So um, uh, the organization is small in size, but big in Mm-hmm. Results.
0: Yeah, and um, last year, and because of this year the pandemic, and so we are not able to do any fundraising. In last year, we done one of the big fundraising, and we are raising the money and distribute to uh, the breadth of life. And we are doing pretty good, and they are happy. And you know, we just thinking, you know, we are not everybody's not that lucky that some of some of the family they might not have food and we will try to do some fundraising and distribute to whoever needed an organization in modern like the bread of
1: life well interesting enough the last the last o two one four eight uh broadcast was last wednesday and mike sharon is is uh, the, Mar, the MC for that, and he had on the director uh, of the uh, Bread of Life, so oh, she was his guest. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but that's again an organization that's doing yeah. a lot, and they have, they have big plans for the future in terms of uh, yeah. a building program, and so uh, yeah. they, they do a very worthwhile job. One one quick thought question I have is on on the um, the program for the food on, from the YMCA. The people register ahead of time to be, uh, is it limited to than residents?
0: Um, no, I don't think so. I did see somebody from other town coming over to Morton to get it. Um, pretty much they are really looking for some other town. They don't have a food pantry. They come over, they will serve it. Yeah, I Yeah. See. yeah I did see someone from Medford or Stoneham or Merrill's and even the Quincy in Boston too.
1: I see. Okay.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, when I do a register, I can see, but very, very small amount.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, as a, a, one last comment and for the lions. Anybody out there that's here, we, we, we have lots of members who are women, so they're lionesses, I guess, not lions, but they. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> we are actually lions. And, and also, right, um, for the time being, modern is really, really big diversify city and then we have a lot a lot of asian and the lion club we do need someone to join us to help and a lot of service we we do need your help
1: okay. well thank you very much and um, hopefully that will result in at least some efforts and on the, someone to take a look at the lions club and they can s- speak to Peter speak to me or or show up on the first thursday or the uh, third thursday at, at at anthony's not now we'll have to wait till this Serious issue with the virus is over, but that's been a place that we've met for many years, and look forward to continue it. Thank you okay. very much, Flora. Yeah, I appreciate you. it. Thank you. Um, the um, w- one thing that's uh, uh, I'd like to kind of touch on a little bit, and I'll bring it more detail in October. But there's been a lot of commercials I've listened to or heard on TV re- in the pros and cons of ranked bo- rank choice voting. And there's been people that are very supportive of it. It's the type of vote—I th- I think it's very confusing, and uh, and I'll deal with that more at a later date. But for those that aren't familiar with that at all, you better pay attention because on the ballot in, in November, that's one of your referendum questions is about preferencing rank voting. Although um, I understand there's been some issues been raised about even if it were to pass, which I don't think it may, but if it were to pass— that it may be in conflict with the state constitution, so it may not even be legal on a, on a state basis. Some uh, Cambridge does it now, but the, the, that's a nonpartisan election, so that's a little bit less complicated. But what uh, ranked choice voting is that if you had multiple people applying for an office, and and um, the election were held and the leading candidate did not receive at least 50% of the vote, that would give the chance for those people who ran and finished behind the leading vote-getter. But the people that do vote then rank those other candidates as their second, third, fourth, or fifth choice if they choose to do that. And what that has done is the bottom person drops up, is cut off and eliminated, and then those people that have got second choice get those votes, the person that you put down as third choice would then have another round and if they were still, uh, they would then get the, your, your third choice vote because the other ones are already taking care of the second cho- choice. But, and, but at some point, ever remaining has 50% of the vote and that's that's uh, ultimately the winner. But I think at this point, if even if it were to pass, it, it, it's for a lot of people to be extremely confused to start with. In some instances, your only choice is the choice that you make. You're not looking past that. But one caveat that I'd like to suggest is Massachusetts is primarily a one-party state. We do have a, a, a Republican governor, and since the governor and the lieutenant governor run as a team, the lieutenant governor is also a Republican, obviously, Occasionally, in the past, whether a state treasurer or attorney attorney general, Republicans have been elected. but for the most part, the statewide office has either been all democratic or all democratic other than a republican governor and oftentimes the governors get elected to Massachusetts if they're republican have a following beyond the party primarily because they don't fit the mold or the profile of what the National Republican Party looks like. So that gives people a chance, and sometimes there are issues in there that allows them to um, garner votes from outside their own party. And as a practical matter, what's occurred in more recent years is that uh, the younger people tend to vote unenrolled. So right now you really have three parties, and the majority party usually has more registered voters unenrolled and either are registered as Republican or registered as Democrat. So those people in theory that are uh, in that category would tend to split their ticket and maybe vote for some Democrats, some Republicans. I think a better choice is what's done in other states or some other states, and that is everybody runs as a group. And then if the top... Vote-getter does not get 50% of the vote, then the top two people run against each other. They're not done with party labels. They're done with individual names. So, for instance, if you had two Democrats in a primary and two Republicans in a primary in Massachusetts, then automatically the one who gets the more votes of the two gets to run against each other. If you have no Republican running for the office, which is very common in Massachusetts, then in a lot of instances, there's only one person running for the office. For instance, in the uh, governor's council race that I alluded to earlier in the show, the winner, who was the incumbent, had no opposition in the from the Republican side. Had a Democrat opponent in the pri- in the primary, prevailed. So now that person, as in many other instances, are going to run on and it's true with the the state representative from Melrose that represents um, Forest Dale Ward Five Two. It's true with Steve Areno Steve uh, Eltrino, excuse me, and then of course it's now true with Paul Donato. But in the states that I mentioned earlier, they don't tell you you have to vote for a Republican or a Dem- a Re- a Democrat. What it is is all the people are listed on one slate. The top two run against each other. And in that way, at least, um, if you had two Democrats that were strong candidates, or two Republicans in a district that were strong candidates, and um, you had the third or fourth or fifth come in for whatever reason, particularly if there's a vacancy, then at least you would end up having the top vote get a running, and they could be the two best candidates, and they could be from the same party. So... And that way you at least have some choice and it might make a little bit of a difference ultimately. But right now, I think of the uh, 40 state Senate seats uh, there's I think 30, 33 or 34 are Democrats. So that shows you what the prevailing status is of that group. And, in, and in then there's 160 state representatives and I think there's close to a, around 130, give or take, a few that are Democrats. So as a Republican, you'd have to kind of accommodate the the, uh, the 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 legislature. And so maybe things do get done that way. And it may, maybe it does make some sense. But what it also does is that uh, if, you, if the governor in that situation vetoes anything, and in a lot of instances, the, 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 the Democrats would prevail by overriding his veto with two-thirds of the vote. But the point I'm getting at, at least if you had two choices, regardless of party designation, it would give you more of an election and for more reason to vote. And um, the key to, and this is important, I think, too, is that uh, in the primary this year, because of all the uh, what's going on at the national level, and to some degree that's filtered down to the state level, but in the state's effort to get people to come out to vote, to turn out this election in the primary, even though other than the United States Senate race with with the uh, uh, with the with the uh, Kennedy and the Markey running against each other, and there is a Republican running uh, in the final. Who, by the way, there was an opponent of of his in the in the primary. So anyway, there is a, a choice in the final election. The reality was a lot of that was the, the level of the voting results were motivated by the fact that you had all this information generated about. Mail-in voting, and I think, and I don't have the final numbers, but that in Malden there were about seven thousand people that requested a ballot, and of that seven thousand, a good many of them returned the ballot and voted it without going to the polls on election day, and you'll have that same option in November, and it's anticipated that ultimately over half of the people are going to vote by mail, which is the same as saying they're voting absentee ballot. But that, that term is, had been used in the past basically for people who are medically unable to go out on election day in person to vote at the polls. And also those people who weren't in the community, for instance, you could be a student away at college, you could be someone on a business trip, you could be someone out of, out of the town or out of the state or out of the area on da- in the day and may not be able to get back in time to, to vote in the poll, so you could vote by absentee. But whether you call it vote by mail or absentee, it's the same thing. And the anticipation that half of the people or more will have voted that way, the advantage is it guarantees that if you do that, that you'll be voting whether you're able to do it that day or not in person. One disadvantage is that if it should happen that um, you've changed your mind for whatever reason and you've applied for an absentee ballot or a mail vote in, you can't vote by person on election day because you've already applied for a ballot and you've either utilized that process or you've at least received it, even if you didn't send it back. And incidentally, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, a lot of the the 7,000 people, by that I think somewhere in the couple of thousand or close to it, never returned the ballot. Some people came by the polling place to vote in person that day, maybe that evening, and were told you can't, You have to take your ballot. that you brought. They brought it to the voting precinct, and they were told you have to mail it in or bring it to City Hall. And in one instance that I mentioned in the last show that I was aware of, a couple came in with the ballot, intending to vote and handing it over. They were told they couldn't do that. They'd have to bring it to City Hall. They happened to be um, of another culture and and, and walked to the polls to vote and didn't have a car. So although they wanted to vote and had applied for a mail-in ballot, but not having returned it and not able to go from the polling place to City Hall to bring it, they actually ended up not voting at all. And as I mentioned, there were some people that came... Uh, to vote with the ballot in hand. Some people came and said, I changed my mind, I want to vote in first, but I uh, ordered one. They were told you can't. You've already had a ballot mailed to you, so that's the ballot you'll have to use. So uh, keep that in mind. And, you know, um, you, there's, there's all sorts of uh, news stories and uh, suggestions and, and, or implications or in, inferences that there's going to be a lot of uh, either abuses and... Uh, People voting and not twice not going to happen. Whether it's Massachusetts or other states, the system the way it is, it isn't that easy. And you you sometimes can do that at a local level with a, a local voting process, or, or maybe even um, a, a, a little bit of a larger district. But trying to nationwide influence in some fashion. Dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of people. It just doesn't make sense. There was a commission that was formed after the last national election four years ago. Some states didn't participate. Other states took umbrage at the whole process because it, fr- it was reflecting on the clerks or the voting uh, supervisors in the communities and at the state level that control oversee the, the communities in the state the inference being that there was a lot of skullduggery skull, skull and, and it reflected on them on them and the way they handled it. It just wasn't the case. Even even states where there were Republicans who were, had the job that were uh, involved in, th- in the voting process, some of them either refused to participate or, uh, or adamantly said it never happened and, and nothing happened that was of any consequence that impacted the election. The votes were the votes. One other thing, this is from a personal perspective. Much is being said about the Russian involvement, and I, and, I, and, I, and there is. I mean, uh, uh, there was one wild story four years ago where some some pizza parlor in either Philadelphia or Washington was the center place for a, some kind of a sex trade which involved Hillary Clinton. I mean, you might not like her. You might not want her to vote for her. But some of those stories were straight out of science fiction. I mean, it was just beyond the pale as far as being realistic. And uh, from my own limited observation, the people that voted for Donald Trump that time and this time are his votes. He has a solid, give or take, uh, 40% of the vote. Some of it is obviously higher in, in the, thats the overall number, but it's some, some states it's higher than that, depending on geographical where they're situated. But with all that's going on in his career publicly, privately, personally, it would appear that what his vote is for that group is his vote. So the other alternative is those undecided, those swing votes, those people that have a different agenda for a particular election— they voted for Donald Trump, and therefore that's how he was successful then. And again, with all that's going on in his cabinet, with all that's going on with him, with the virus, with all that's going on with some of the other accusations and stories that have that have happened since he's been elected, they still are in a situation where, as much as the polls suggest he's not a winner, and you got to remember, with polls, they do the national polls. Well, it doesn't matter... If you carry California, it was done by over a million votes, or Massachusetts by a huge number of votes. The electoral college vote that you get is the same whether you won by a million or whether you won by a hundred. And in other states, with Pennsylvania, for instance, and Wisconsin, when the when the final votes came in, Donald Trump was the unexpected winner, even though polls suggested. That he wasn't going to win, that she was going to carry the state. This is Hillary Clinton. So, what the point I'm making is that it ends up in the final analysis, what appears to be there's about six states, one of which, of course, is Florida. If he doesn't carry Florida, Florida was was the difference with the with the Al Gore election with uh, the President Bush, the small number of votes difference in a in a, and that was a year that you had uh, a third candidate um, speed at any. At any level, the book he wrote at NASA, and and uh, and perhaps if he hadn't been in the election, those more of those votes would have gone to Gore. He would have been the president. But the point is, Florida made the difference that year for the Republicans. Could be that they'll make a difference again this year. If they don't carry Florida, then they have to catch most of those other states. If they lose Florida, they got a they got a problem. But the point I'm getting at is that national polls in themselves don't really tell you who the ultimate winner is going to be. They may tell you who the more popular one was. And last time was Hillary Clinton by 3 million votes the year that Al Gore lost the election of the Electoral College. He had more votes than uh, Bush, but he didn't have the votes in the right states. And and, and and like I said, he lost Florida by a handful of votes in the final count. And that was where the Supreme Court got involved with the Chads, and they ended up closing out the election count and declared Bush the winner. So you have to pay attention to the referendum questions you have to pay attention, in particular, to the to the uh, voting ahead of time. The advantages, the convenience, and and ultimately could be the dis disadvantage. Should someone that you change your mind on who's on the on the ballot once you've requested the ballot, whether you send it back or not, that's what you have to use. But uh, if you send it back, you can't change your vote obviously anyway. So we'll leave that at that point. Um, there's also a question on on. Uh, use of auto repair places but I, uh, on that note I just wanted to quickly give you uh, nine signs that you found the right auto shop uh, people you trust say great things that's a good way a personal uh, recommendation the shop has the right stickers in the windows You interview, literally, the shop passes an audition. You interview them, and that's a good way of finding out in some ways what they can do or what the promises that they're going to make. But again, one of the better ways, the first one was the audition. When someone uh, auditions them, but they've also been told by someone they know that the shop delivers on their promises. The shop has a clean rap sheet. That's th- that's with the Better Business Bureau and other organizations that track the kinds of complaints that people sometimes make about consumer businesses. Uh, the shop shows pride in its appearance, and th- I think that's particularly important. And uh, I'll I'll compare that to another item uh, later. Technicians communicate well, and uh, uh, I had a, a work done by uh, on an auto body shop locally uh, a, a while back, and it, I went to them because of a recommendation of someone I knew that was in the business that would know know about them. And um, it worked out well. There was a communication issue because of their language, but they did what they said they were going to do, and, and then there was a, a slip-up after I got the car back and they took care of it right away. So communication and technician communication, well, is important. Management will stand by their work, and um, that was an example of that, and I'm giving you my own experience. The shop looks out for you, and again, that's uh, uh, important too. Because uh, sometimes when you have an a, an insurance claim, uh, it, it's important that the shop is working with you to keep you uh, your best interest at heart. And and uh, again, I can tell you, for instance, it might happen. Uh, the uh, The surcharge business makes a difference, a lot of difference on your insurance premium. Um, every year because um, uh, if you've if you got a good driving record and you get the what the, they call a Step 99, you not only get, get a good competitive rate available from a, an insurance company, but you also get good driving credit. If you, if you had an accident over a certain amount that's paid out by the insurance company and you're at fault, then you not only lose your surcharge, you, get, you don't only use your good driving credit, you get surcharged. And that's a... Um, that happened to me, although it was it, it was legitimate because what basically to try to simplify it, I had an accident. The adjuster came out and he estimated the loss, but it, they just see the visual part. When it goes up on the on the lift, uh, it ends up that uh, they might see more difference. That's happened to me. It was legitimate all the way by everybody, but the the body shop never called me back. the said, by the way, that's not going to be this amount. It's going to be this amount. And when it was uh, when it was a second amount. It could have been a surcharge, except I had already bought into what they call that good driving uh, credit, and, I, and, and so I got one free pass. And so the final one, it, it fits; into, the auto fits into your or the, the place fits into your like. That's the, the place you have having your work done. Is it convenient? And that's that's important. So on that note, um, I hope we've been informative today. I uh, appreciate the chief coming by, and I appreciate the people from the Lions coming by, telling a little bit about what they do and how they help you out as uh, a local resident and uh, how they represent the best of the service organizations. And we'll talk together soon, and maybe we'll deal more with the election that's coming up in our next show. And thank you for listening. The show will be repeated on Saturday. It's on tonight at 7 o'clock, and then Saturday evening and Sunday night. So thank you for listening, and I hope we were able to provide information that's, that's in been been informative and helpful for the things you have to deal with on a daily basis. Thanks again.